most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The bats, relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Flex podcast presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Samantha Praviti. Every Thursday here on this podcast, I answer your mailbag questions, which you can submit for future shows to mailbagactionnetwork.com. As always, I am excited to be joined by my colleague, Brandon Anderson, who writes NFL and NBA here at the Action Network, who you can find on Twitter at Wheaton Brando. Brandon, how is your week going? It's going well. It is very busy. The NBA is off and running. We had a couple of games Tuesday night. We're recording Wednesday. So uh, right about when we finish here is the first big full night of NBA action and all of our articles, my daily prop articles have been going up. Uh, So I'm officially a two sport athlete. This is in season. These next 12 weeks of NFL NBA crossover during regular season are going to be a full and fun and lots of betting time. So I'm very excited and it's, it's a big week. Go follow Brandon for all the winners for, for NBA props and everything like that. How, how are my nuggets doing? I actually don't have an NBA team, but I live in Denver. So. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're local that your nuggets are doing great. They have not lost a game all season. They play their first <laughs> game in a couple of hours. So <laughs> Yeah, Jamal Murray is out for the first chunk of the season, rehabbing his knee injury. But uh, Jokic is really good. The Nuggets should be hanging around. I think that they're going to be very good. And I've even heard a few people talk about them as a possible champion this year. So if Jamal Murray gets healthy, if the team gets back and I don't think they'll be a top seed into the playoffs, but they could be one of the favorites once the playoffs start. So it's an interesting season because of the pandemic. We had all these players kind of pick up injuries and be missing. So there are a lot of teams sort of playing the long game now mm-hmm. and in NBA regular season and playoffs are just extraordinarily different games. So I think the nuggets are just going to stick around and hope for the best. So your nuggets could be possible <laughs> NBA champions. My Chicago sky up in the WNBA hoodie right now. <laughs> My Chicago sky or WNBA champions, Candace Parker, Naperville's own Candace Parker. I'm like two minutes from Naperville right now. So I got to see her play in high school uh, and it's very exciting. Her first year back here, Chicago's first championship in the WNBA. So that was very cool as well. Well, that is super awesome. I just had Andy Barron's on as a guest on Monday and he went to that game. He is Chicago based as well. So uh, congrats to them. Yeah, I don't have a team. That's like literally the only sport that I just don't have a team. Like I do. I, I I passively care about hockey and baseball, but really. And then I don't really have a a football team, which is so weird. I'm just like this weird alien that was dropped here, like Kyle XY. So anyway, week seven, going to be a total shit show, right? Like everyone's like, is it by NATO, by Eclipse? I don't know. Like it's six major teams on by. Some of these rosters are going to be looking really, really lean. And I'm speaking about myself. I'm subtweeting myself. Like, because <laughs> it's just embarrassing. Like, I have one league where 
this this is not even buy related actually so this is embarrassing but like i lost russell wilson in this one league and it's a league it's 16 teams with really deep benches so my backup at like during the draft was justin fields with like the bench system it means that there's no one available on waivers like i picked up i'm not kidding just out of stress this morning Case Keenum and Davis Mills, just like yeah. to have options in case I don't want to play Justin Fields. Justin Fields has the the matchup, but I don't know. Like, and this isn't even a bye week problem. This is just a Samantha problem. So like I'm having these issues even before the buys have really hit this team. Well, it, it is a bye week issue. It's just not directly a bye week issue because at least if there weren't six teams missing this week and and let's be real too, not just any teams, like these are yeah. good teams. These, these are teams with a lot of fancy options that are out. So that just makes the whole pool of players leaner. You know, like uh, I always wonder if it sh- should they let us start like one less player on a week like this, you know, like you know, we're, we're the fantasy flex podcast. Why can't we flex <laughs> our lineups? And if the NFL teams are going to take a day off, why can't we take a day off out of our lineup or something too? So I like, um, that I, idea. yeah, I, I think what I would say this is, if you are looking at your lineup and it's looking pretty lean this week, so is everyone else's. Like, yeah. this is not the time to overreact. This is not the time to be like, oh my gosh, I just don't have a second running back or a third receiver. Neither does anybody <laughs> else. Like, we didn't have it by week six anyway. It's already a mess that we don't know what we're doing. And now we're missing, like, what, what is six out of 32? Like, you know, 20% or something of the, of the talent pool almost. So don't overreact. Don't, yeah, don't don't go crazy trying to make big trades just to fill a one week thing. It's fine. Everyone, look, if your opponent is not missing someone important this week, their team probably kind of stinks because there's a lot of good players out this week. So yeah. if they have their whole lineup, you probably just as well playing them anyways. I have situations where I'm literally deciding if I should start like Ramondre Stevenson or Michael Carter. So like some of us have real problems here, Brandon. Um, But speaking of real problems, I just randomly thought of this interesting segment that we could try called play hold drop, which is a variant on FMK, which I won't go into. But anyway, I'm going to... We're going to go through three players at each position and we're going to have to decide if we want to play, hold or drop that player. Uh, So the first we'll we'll just start with quarterbacks, Um, Justin Fields, Ryan Tannehill and Derek Carr. Do you want to go first? Sure. So I I love this new segment because. Look, FMK is the great game. We've all played it. If you know, you know. But we're playing a little PhD here. Play, hold, drop. PhD. We're going to help our listeners get their doctorate in fantasy. How cheesy can you get? So I like on this one, uh, Derek Carr is definitely the guy that stands out between him, Tannehill, and Fields. Carr has thrown two touchdowns in five of the six games so far. So not more than that ever, just the two, but that's all right. You know, with If these are my quarterback options here, I'm obviously not looking to win the game at quarterback. I'm just trying to get by, and Carr is a very good get-by option. I'm a little intrigued also. I, As a better, I stayed away from the Raiders last week, just not knowing what was going to happen after the whole John Gruden thing, but the numbers point that that was a really good game for the Raiders. That was their best offensive game of the season. And against the Denver defense that I thought was going to be very good this year and the Raiders shredded them. So a lot of big plays down the field. 
Carr has been really good and then got hurt, but still has kind of hung in there. So he's definitely the play for me. The other two, I'm a little torn between. So I'm going to throw it back to you and see where you're going with these guys. I agree with you that Derek Carr is the play. I am going to have him in my start column for start sit. Um, just because I we've seen him perform well, even under more difficult, uh, I would say more difficult matchups. And this could be a little bit dicier, but you know, the, the Broncos were also a tough matchup. So I like him for sure. I mean, Ryan Tannehill has the good matchup, but like he's had a lot of good matchups this year and he's just not put it together. And this is so biased. I don't know. I just, I want to hold on to fields because I believe, I believe that this breakout game is coming. It just maybe not this week. So I'm going to hold on to fields because I think that by the fantasy playoffs, hopefully before, but at least by the fantasy playoffs, I think it will be a useful asset. So I'm going to go with playing car, holding fields and dropping Tannehill. Yeah, I think for me, the decision on Tannehill or Fields probably comes down to what what are we deciding? Is this your QB1 or is it your QB2? If this is my starter every week, if this is a deep league and I'm just out of options, then I'm going to hold Tannehill and drop Fields because Fields plays Tampa, San Fran, Pittsburgh the next few weeks. It's been ugly. Like We've seen just duds from fantasy games. And with quarterbacks, for me, I want a winner if I can get one, but if I can't get a winner, I just want someone that I can set and know that they're not going to totally screw up my game. Like in fantasy, a quarterback that has a bad week and suddenly you're down, you know, your opponent had 25 and your guy got you four, you're screwed. Like you're fighting a huge uphill battle the rest of the way. And Fields unfortunately has that potential right now. So Tannehill has a much higher floor, even though he doesn't have that field ceiling. He's Chiefs this week. He's got all those bad division opponents coming up. So if I need someone that I'm going to have to actually use, Tannehill is who I would hold. If I'm just holding a backup and trying to see what can come of it, then I'm probably going to hold on to fields and, and play for the long-term upside there. I agree. Um, and like you said, it really just kind of depends on the situation. Like if you only, I think Derek Carr's going to be started the rest of the season. So you probably like don't need a Tannehill, like high floor type guy. If you're like, starting Derek Carr and then Fields is kind of just the upside stash for me. But that is probably, like I said, just wishful thinking. Um, my A-Rob shares wishful thinking right now. Um, I have this like Fields A-Rob stack in that, in that league that I just talked about. So, you know, like drink, pray. Like Yeah, I noticed we, we've got a lot of bears in this section. So we got a bears running back in the next one. Should, can I all read the names off here? So sure. next PhD, you're going to make the letters work. So next PhD is Khalil Herbert, Trey Sermon, and Miles Sanders. So I'll let you start on this one. Play, hold, or drop between those three. God, they're all gross. Like, I don't (laughs) even want to, like, I don't even think, like, Sermon deserves to be dropped. He deserves to be killed. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, uh, he's definitely the drop for me at this point. Like, I have no reason to hang on to him. It's very clear that Elijah Mitchell is the guy for now. Um, I mean, yeah, Kyle Shanahan, that's just like the nature of things, but that's also like not a good reason to hold on to Trace Sermon because he showed us nothing. He had all that opportunity and was like splitting carries with Kyle Juszczyk. Like that's just, that tells you a lot. If Like your coach doesn't trust you enough that you're, you know, splitting carries with the fullback. So um, he's the drop for me. I would say if Damien Williams doesn't play, Khalil Herbert is the obvious play. Um, but he 
probably would be a hold for now just with Montgomery's health until Montgomery comes back because I think he could be useful even if Damien Williams does play and then Miles Sanders I mean I hate him but like (laughs) I guess he would be the play but also I hate him so the Raiders should be a better game so I'm gonna say he's kind of the play but I hate it (laughs) Yeah, Sermon is definitely the kill on this one. I mean, <laughs> drop. Uh, he, he's had only one carry, two games already. He was a healthy scratch in the game. It's clear that he's not in good graces. And, you know, Shanahan plays so many guys. So if you're really not in his good graces, we've seen how you can get really buried there. So he's out between these guys. And otherwise, you know, I'm just going with the volume. So I would play Herbert. This is a rough week for him, though, because we know how good the Bucks run defense is. But... I rest in peace that Matt Nagy doesn't really know. Maybe he hasn't noticed that the Bucks have been so good. The Bears are one of the run heaviest teams in the league. So Herbert is going to get his touches. He's going to be on the field, especially if Damian is out. So I'd probably begrudgingly play him. I'm intrigued by Miles Sanders. I don't hate him. 4.7 yards per carry. I think Philly hates him. I think Sanders yeah. actually has been putting up some decent production when he gets touches. So He's a hold for me in case they accidentally remember that they are really good running the ball later in the year. So I don't mind keeping him. I wouldn't even mind possibly buying low on him in a trade just because he's probably not going to cost too much just to see what can come of it. But yeah, I think that's where I'd go on that one. Wow, you think really highly of Matt Nagy. <laughs> I, I uh, Before the season started, I wrote a column at Action Network about I ranked all 32 coaching staffs. And I forget that there were three guys at the bottom and, and I'll, I'll make myself look stupid here too. One of the guys at the bottom was Cliff Kingsbury, the coach of the now six and now Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> so that has not worked out for me, but I think I labeled them something like placeholders and basically said, look, these three guys are not going to be coaching this team a year from now. Matt Nagy was one of them. And I think I had him like 30th or 31st. And the Chicago radio shows found it and it like made the rounds around here for a day or two. I had a bunch of local friends who were like, Hey, I heard your article on the new, on, on the radio today. They are not happy with you. Like I, I would like to call into those shows now and now wonder what those fans are thinking of Matt Nagy. The, the it's, it's bad. His play calling is not good. I don't know where Chicago goes from here and thinks that they have a future with fields that includes Nagy. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. So the Bears, it's it's rough. You talked about Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson is in our next PhD. So uh, I know you love our guy, Allen Robinson. He comes up every single week in this. So Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, and Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd are our next, next PhD. So play, hold, or drop. What do you think between those three? So Alan Robinson, it's like, it's somewhat personal because I have a lot of exposure to him because I thought that he was a good, like sort of at value type guy. Cause you could get him in like the double digits of receivers for sure. Um, but also he's just been like an intriguing name for fantasy. So lots of people are talking about him because lots of people are burned by him because he's like wide receiver 63. So um, let's see, I would say, I'm, you know, I'm going like, I'm going to start him this week. Like I'm going to, I'm going to have to, I have to start him this week in a couple of leagues because of just buys and stuff. Like there's no choice. I actually started him last week over Kadarius Tony, um, which was not looking good after that giants first drive, by the way, where Tony got like three catches and I was like, Oh, I really messed up. Um, so I'm going to say he's the play and, uh, Kenny Galladay might be the hold 
I don't like him right now, but like I do see way more upside than Boyd, who's like done nothing for me since Higgins has come back. And Higgins hasn't done that much either, but like they just spread the ball around a lot. There's a lot. I mean, Jamar Chase is the guy, but they're also like giving it to Uzoma and they're giving pass passing touchdowns to Chris Evans. So I just don't think that the volume is there for Tyler Boyd to be like the viable guy. I just think he's kind of like the odd man out of that receiving course. So I'm going to say drop him, hold Galladay and play Robinson. Do you disagree? I do not. That's exactly where I'd go on this. Uh, Robinson, especially against Tampa's leaky secondary. Yeah. If he's ever going to produce, this is a good shot for it. Galladay is the one of the three that I want long-term. You just mm-hmm. obviously can't play him while he's hurt, but he's the one that actually has some upside here. To me, Boyd, if you are in a very, very deep league that starts like six receivers or something, then maybe Boyd has value there. But otherwise, he's the exact sort of guy that I just don't roster. Like He's just a low-ceiling moderate floor guy like there are 10 other Tyler Boyd's on waivers and you can just pick up anyone like that any week you want and I'm not going to waste my roster spot on it like he'll be fine Jamar Chase I think is second in the NFL in air yard percentage so he dominates there and like you said there's too many other options so I'm not going to miss Boyd he, he's not a guy that I'm going to cut and then three weeks from now be like oh darn it my <laughs> opponent has Tyler Boyd now why did I let him go Alan Robinson and Galladay could be that so Boyd well, I'm I'm killing Boyd. I mean, <laughs> dropping, dropping, PhD. All right, all right. We will do our final section of tight ends, everyone's favorite position. Uh, Robert Tunyon, Mike Gasicki, and Rob Ricky Seals Jones. So this one was pretty easy for me. Uh, Gasicki has been awesome, so he's a very easy play for me in PPR scoring. He's got 19, 17, eight and 19 the last four weeks I saw. So he's, you know, he's very talented. It's very obvious when you watch the talent jumps off the screen. So Miami can really only get better if they actually figure out what's happening at quarterback. So I am definitely going to keep playing him. And then Ricky seals Jones, you know, sure. He can be a hold. He's going to stay on the roster He at least is getting some volume, which is more than I can say for our friend Robert Tunyon. Tunyon has 20 targets the entire season. It's just not happening. They're just not looking for him. He literally has 92 yards, like, for the season. That's it, 92 yards. So, like, this – if you took Tunyon high in your draft, I'm sorry. This was always a touchdown regression guy. Like, he wasn't going to catch a TD every week like he did from Rodgers last year. Rodgers' TD percentage was always going to drop. Right now, Ricky Seals-Jones at least is seeing targets. He's 15 targets and 99 yards the last two weeks, which is already more than Tunyon's had the whole season. So, I don't know. I think I think Tunyon, he, he's the guy, you know, I talked last week, I called Adam Thielen like a tight end, and then he went out and had like 11 catches and over 100 yards <laughs> and a score. But he had that little six-yard score. That's what you're looking for for Robert Tunyon. Like, I remember, you're Carolina fans. You may remember Wesley Wells back in the day. And it was always like, especially as he got older, you could plug him in the lineup and you either would get zero points or you'd get seven points because you <laughs> would get like a five-yard touchdown and that was your point or else you just didn't get anything. I feel like that's Tunyon at this point. And, you know, tight end is rough, so maybe that's where we're at. But he's he's my drop on this one. I 100% agree with you. Tunyon is dead to me. Uh, he's actually not a guy that I was high on, so I have no exposure to him. I we, I mean, he had one touchdown in the year prior to his 11 touchdown season. So, of course, touchdown regression was going to come to him. Of course, Aaron Rodgers was not going to throw 50 touchdowns this year. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, like on one hand, you like having exposure in these 
high volume, high scoring offenses, but Tanya is just not getting anything near the volume. I think he has two points or fewer in like five of six weeks this year because he fell into the end zone in one week. So uh, yeah, definitely <laughs> not exciting. So he is the drop for me, Stark Gasicki and hold on to Ricky Seals Jones. I think he's interesting, especially with Logan Thomas out. And then the, they just don't have a lot of pass catchers. Like Curtis Samuel is always banged up. I know it's not a high volume it, sexy offense like who wants to start guys on Washington really but um you know like they're guys that at least will give you something I think like like JD McKissick not a sexy name you probably like he's a good start this week so I don't know um sometimes you just gotta like plug your nose and, and do it so I'm especially during the apocalypse so you just gotta exactly. get, get your lineup set Exactly. Well, that was a fun little segment. We will uh, take our professor caps off and answer some mailbag questions. So hit me with the first one. All right. Our first question comes from at sgars3 and they write, hi, trade question. I have Travis Kelsey and Kyle Pitts riding my bench so far. My running backs are just okay. So do I trade Pitts for Josh Jacobs? I like the trade. I just... I happen to think that you might be able to do a little better than Jacobs for Pitts just due to positional scarcity. Like there are very few tight ends that you really trust. And I don't even know if Pitts is one of them at this point, but he is on the rise. And I think that if you echo out one more good game from him this week versus Miami, he'll have even better value. And then you can kind of flip him. Um, whereas kind of like you're getting Jacobs, I think is at his apex after two really good games. So I think you could probably get more like a, a buy low type guy. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you could get Saquon Barkley or something for Kyle Pitts at this point for someone that like needs a tight end. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that that's a fair trade? Yeah, I think it's a fair trade. It's it's hard to know because it's right about that point of the season where people are finally willing to let go of, but I took him in the second round. Like we're finally far enough in now that you just kind of have to take players at the value that they are. And it's hard to know necessarily what to make of guys like this where it's like, well, Pitts has had a couple of good games and then been really disappointing for a while. Jacob, same sort of thing. So I think it seems about right. I'm not sure I really see someone giving up like a Saquon or someone like that, but maybe if they're desperate looking for a tight end, I feel like usually, especially at tight end, like if this was a quarterback or something, maybe someone's a little more desperate, but like who, who, who's really that desperate for a tight end in fantasy? Like usually the people trading for a tight end are probably a good team. So they're probably trading out of luxury of like, well, the rest of my team is awesome. I just wish I had a better tight end. So I feel like it's a good idea. Definitely, this is a smart trade. What you know, wh- whether Jacobs is the right target, I'm not sure. But moving Pitts, um, I'd keep Kelsey. He's probably the one person on this team like really racking up points. Um, so trading Pitts, getting some value for him, getting a running back. I think Jacobs is a nice option. So it's it's a good idea overall. I agree. I'm just trying to get you guys the best value. That's all. That's yes, all. I- <laughs> always get the best value. <laughs> Uh, All right, let's hear from Tom. Tom says, as it stands now with injuries and buys, I'm looking at Eli Mitchell, Javante Williams, and Miles Gaskin for two running back spots. And then Tom has some potential waiver targets, Latavius Murray, Mark Ingram, Rashad Penny, Kenyon Drake, and Ernest Johnson. And he wants to know, as bad as Gaskin has been, would you drop him for any of those waiver options? And would you start any of them over Mitchell or Javante? 
Yeah. So I know this is a little bit late since this was a waivers question, but I think the the question about is Miles Gaskin droppable is a fair point that we can sort of address. I wouldn't drop Gaskin though for really any of those guys. I mean, he he shined in week five. Should have been a tough matchup. So like in my Scott Fishbowl League, I benched him because I was like, there's no way he can do well against Tampa. And of course he blows up against Tampa. And then has nothing they use him as a receiver he has 10 catches and two touchdowns and then he turns back into a pumpkin against the jaguars which makes no sense um malcolm brown had a better game than him so yeah it's really frustrating the only guy that i think is like really interesting is maybe rashad penny if he's activated because alex collins is really banged up from that last game and i think that could be interesting though i think it's a little bit of a tougher matchup um if he's not activated i say still add him and put him on your IR. That's what I did in a lot of leagues right now, um, because you don't know how long Chris Carson's really going to be out. So I think he could be interesting. I have no interest in any Houston or Baltimore running backs <laughs> at this point. The whole Baltimore backfield is a real crap show. And uh, same with Houston. I don't know, like Mark Ingram is getting the carries, but he's just not doing too much with it. So I'm not interested in him. Yeah. Like the Ernest Johnson might be interesting. And if you, if you got him, I would say this is the week to obviously start him. Like you don't, you don't spend 50% of your fab and then not start him, but uh, I'm not super interested in him. I mean, the whole thing gives me flashbacks from last year when everyone went out and spent a ton of money on Ernest Johnson for him to be a complete dud. So, this game is like a total stay away for me for fantasy purposes. Uh, what say you? Yeah, this is a rough list. <laughs> There's not a lot to like here. Yeah, I, I'm normally a volume guy. So Mark Ingram would come to mind there because he's certainly getting the volume, but he is doing absolutely nothing with it. And Houston's run game has been terrible. Uh, a lot of the advanced metrics just have like Houston is like getting massive negative EPA every time that they even try to run the ball. It's like, stop handing it off to Mark Ingram. It's like, you know, the, the Simpsons meme, like, stop, stop. He's already dead. <laughs> that's Mark Ingram. That's David Johnson. It's great that you got their names mixed up because they're the same thing. They're both just like the walking dead running back right now. So, yeah, Baltimore, Houston. I'm not that excited. Rashad Penny. I'm not super excited because it's probably a wait a little bit and then you might have a, a very short shelf life after that. So I get it, but I don't know. None of these names are too exciting. Javante Williams, I am excited about. So keep him, play him. Uh, Eli Mitchell, we'll see. I have been excited about him. I still have my 500 to one rookie of the year long shot. So I'm hoping that he actually remembers to stay healthy and, and get some runs I like that he's a one stay healthy, Bring in like yeah. an apple for Kyle Shanahan every day. Like teachers be nice. stay in his good yeah. <laughs> At least remind him how much he hates Trey Sermon. So <laughs> I think my main takeaway for, for Tom is whatever you're doing with the other options, I'm not sure I'd make a swap, but I do know that Williams and Mitchell are the two guys that I'd be running with for now. They're the two upside, I think, guys. So I, I like sticking with them among all the other folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I failed to address that actual question. I would totally start Mitchell and Javante. I think this is going to be a really good game for the Broncos running backs. Both of them, I think they're good starts this week, especially, I mean, I have 
I don't know if you have any recent news because I've been off Twitter for like the past three hours, but like the Teddy B situation is certainly concerning. So I think that they will certainly lean on the run game and it'll be a good game for both of them. So, and then Elijah Mitchell, we just talked about how Trace Armin is droppable. So yeah, that Thursday, the, the news cycle is moving so fast that here on Wednesday, uh, around dinner time, I'm not even sure it's worth us giving much of an update because I feel like every few hours somebody new is out. So we'll we'll see what happens. But what is the total yeah. on the uh, It was 41 and dropping the last I saw. The so, okay. Yeah, it's it's been going down, and definitely my picks went up today. I, I pick every game every week at Action Network, and I already had to make an adjustment to that game twice today alone since the article is trying to go up. Because at first we ruled Baker out and then and then Teddy was suddenly questionable too. So that feels like just the classic of classic Thursday night games with nobody available. And again, this what are we doing? This is football. <laughs> we're we're sending these guys into car collisions like a hundred miles an hour, 75 plays a game, and then like, hey, so yeah, like Samantha, look. You and I are tired from watching the weekend of football, right? Like I need, I need like a day to recover after watching all the games on Sunday, they're doing the game. And then we're like, Hey, it's been three days. Go do it again. Now just get rid of the Thursday thing. Let these guys heal up and let us play at full strength. That's, that's my soapbox moment of the week, I guess. A hundred percent. We're complaining that we have to wake up and watch a London game. And like how stressful that is on our bodies. <laughs> like, so, um, I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I don't even know where 41 points are going to come from in that game. So. Well, while, while we're talking about this Thursday night game and our 41 points, should we do our prize picks and get some Thursday night picks on the board? Let us just do our prize picks. So we're going to hit you guys with our elite entry segment. We're going to dive into the app to build some entries. Brandon is going to identify some markets that he likes. You build your own prize picks entries and all of us have a little fun and hopefully make some money. So yes, we are going to look at Thursday night plays for week seven on prize picks. Hit us with some plays you like. So it's a rough one. As we just <laughs> talked about, we don't really know who's coming or who's going in this game. The Broncos might be missing Teddy Bridgewater. I'm assuming right now that he probably goes. Gary Judy is out. The Broncos are missing three of their four linebackers. The Browns are the match unit at this point. Like, there's nobody left over there. Baker is out and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are out. So welcome to the Case Keenum show. And apparently Ernest Johnson and Demetric Felton who are actual running back names and not just Madden simulations that we're throwing out there. OBJ's hurt. Like, I mean, I don't know who's going out there. (laughs) Cleveland's offensive line is banged up. So this would be a spot that they'd probably like, okay, your, your backup, your quarterback is out. So let's pound the run. Well, too bad. Our, our one, two (laughs) running backs are out. And so are maybe both for tackles again. So here's what I noticed about these teams. And this is the angle I'm playing. Denver's defense who I had number one on my board coming into the season as the very best defense. They're 24th in DVOA right now. Denver's defense is getting killed. Last week against the Raiders, they gave up seven plays of or, yeah seven plays of 25 yards or more. And so that's why I liked about the Raiders. I mentioned that earlier. So Denver's defense can be beaten with a big play. Keenum can make that throw downfield as this Vikings fan remembers from that throw to Diggs in the playoffs. So... I'm looking for that. And then the Browns defense also has been killed deep all season. These actually have been good defenses at times, but they're two of the four highest variance defenses so far. So 
I was trying to just dig, okay, this is a mess. We don't really know who's playing. There's not even a ton of names available on prize picks right now. So I tried to find who are some receivers that might be able to make the play down the field. So I like Cortland Sutton. If you have to play somebody in this game, he's the guy, I think, on either side that you still want to keep in your lineup. So I have Cortland Sutton going over 66 and a half yards. He's got three games this year with at least 94 yards already. So he can be a mess. We don't necessarily know if it will be Teddy or Locke, but the Browns are beatable deep. And that's 67 yards. That's the sort of total, the way that they're beatable deep, that could be one big throw that gets you like 40 or 50 of the way there. So even if you're struggling in its third, fourth quarter, he can still do that quickly. On Cleveland, I'm going with their guy, Donovan People-Jones. I'm a man of the people, Samantha. <laughs> so I'm taking the over six fantasy points, the big 6-0. Last two weeks, he's had a couple of good games. He had that Hail Mary last week. He had another touchdown. So he had 100 yards and two touchdowns last week. The week before, five catches for 70 yards. If OBJ is out, he might be the wide receiver one there. So six points is not a lot asking from him, especially since, you know, you're getting points for catches. A touchdown already gets you there. So I like his over six points. Whoever, you know, Keenum, Keenum can throw the ball. Keenum's not going to win a lot of football games for you, but he can, he can throw the ball around a little bit. So DPJ and Sutton overs. My last one, we talked about Javante Williams earlier. I'm a big fan of him. Rookie looks great. Like every week when you watch, at least one time a week, he makes like one of those jaw-dropping plays, a huge stiff arm, or I think last week he had a huge hurdle over someone. So I'm taking Javante over 47 and a half rushing yards. He's had at least 45 yards in all but one of the six games, and he's only been getting like half the carries right now. So Melvin Gordon fading a little bit, as he should. Give the carries to Javante, please. So, <laughs> it's going to be 50-50. That's all right. Because if my guy Javante gets his 9 or 10 carries, he might get the 48 yards all on his own anyway, like he has been usually. So I am going to take Javante and Sutton and Donovan Peoples-Jones over. So what do you think about those plays? I definitely like the Javante over. I like both running backs in this game. Like I mentioned, I think they're both like borderline RB2s, which sounds high, but like try to find 30 guys that are better than them right now. Like, I mean, with all the buys, like that's very difficult. And I think it'll be a good matchup. Like you said, the Browns are just super, super banged up all over their defense. So they have just given up two massive games uh, in terms of points. So I could definitely see that, especially if they don't have Teddy B, because I think that then they'll be even more pass conservative than they have been. Tim Patrick's uh, receiving yards over looks also interesting along with Cortland Sines because Patrick's is only 43 and a half. I don't think Jerry Judy is going to play this week. I don't know if he's definitively definitively been ruled out yet, but Patrick is like one of those guys that like no one really like wants to talk about him because he's like not a sexy name. I literally went on this podcast with Dan Harris of Fantasy Pros and we were talking about how like Patrick's just not like it's a silly theory. Patrick's just not like popular because he has a name of like an accountant like your parents C E C P A would be named tim patrick so um <laughs> no i mean it's, it's definitely a silly theory but he's just, just not like the, the sexy name but he's definitely been getting a good amount of targets so i think that could be interesting noah fans also banged up so maybe could see even a little bit more of patrick but yes yeah, I, I like that. Like the I- as well the people's jones one only 
bugs me a little bit because I just don't know what to expect from Keenum, but you would be the expert on Case Keenum things. So I will definitely. Yeah, I, I unfortunately am the expert on Teddy Bridgewater and Case Keenum. <laughs> like this, this is like my Viking. Like, can we, is Dante Culpepper available? Can he come and do some? Like, this is just like all the old Vikings quarterbacks yeah. come back. I heard Laquan hunt. Treadwell is going to make an Hey, okay, come on now. That's a <laughs> Nobody needs Laquan Treadwell up in here. So, yeah, I, I the only reason that I, I looked at Tim Patrick, the only reason I wasn't so excited is because it, he seems like a guy that has very good chemistry with Teddy. So if that's if it's not Teddy, if it's if it's uh, uh, Drew Locke instead, then that made me a little more nervous. Sutton's yards, I feel like, well, he's your big guy. He's, he's your top target. You're going to give him chances. And Patrick, I just didn't really know, but you're right. I have a friend named Patrick and is definitely not a sexy name, so... <laughs> All right. That is our elite entry segment. Can you recap us really quickly since we got on quite the Tim Patrick tangent? (laughs) Yeah. Sorry to all the Patricks who are listening right now. (laughs) So for our prize pick elite entry uh, team this week, we're going with three entries. I got Corlin Sutton over 66 and a half receiving yards. Donovan Peoples Jones over 6.0 fantasy points. And Javante Williams over 47.5 rushing yards. Somebody has to do stuff in that game. It might as well be these three somebodies. Uh, yeah, I, I hope it is. Uh, put it on the board. That is a lock. So as a reminder, you can mix and match fantasy points like Brandon just did. And play your props to make your lineups super spicy. Also, prize picks markets move, so you want to be nimble to lock in the best numbers. If you have not created a PrizePix account yet, what are you doing? Um, click the link in our episode description because PrizePix has a special offer for all you guys. And they will match your first deposit up to $100. Just click the link in our episode description or visit prizepix.com and you use promo code ACTION10. All right, let us just keep it moving here with a few more questions in our mailbag episode. All right. So up next from Ehan, I'm sorry if I uh, pronounced that wrong. I'm, I'm happy if I pronounced it right. Uh, they say, hi, all lots of bye weeks for me. Join the club. So I have a starts it question. Hey, it's our friend, Tim Patrick. So <laughs> Tim Patrick or Hunter Renfro in full PPR. Wow. Talking about your sexy names. What do we like Tim Patrick or Hunter Renfro? I remember when Hunter Renfro, I'm old enough to remember that when Hunter Renfro was like a breakout guy that everyone wanted to talk about as like the sexy name. Um, you know, I, I'm going with Patrick. I don't know. Renfro doesn't offer too, too much upside for me. Like, I think it'll be a good game for the Raiders, but like Henry Ruggs has definitely looks like the guy to me. Um, and, you know, the Eagles rank fifth best in terms of passing yards allowed. So it could be a little bit trickier in terms of yardage. I think Patrick's role will be threatened once Jerry Judy returns. But um, Vic Fangio said on Monday that there was a less than a 50% chance. So I'm going to assume as we're recording this podcast on Wednesday, that he's not going to play. So I'm going to go with Patrick. I know it's not sexy. They're both kind of in that same like frozen pond territory that you're just like, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, you know, like they're, uh, they're, they're a solid six. And sometimes you can only really get a six out in the world. So it's all right. You've got to play some of these guys sometime. I think if I have to pick one, which I guess is the job here, I probably would pick Renfro just because I would rather play Derek Carr and I don't really know what's coming with Denver and in that it's such a messy game as we've talked about. So just not knowing what might come of that game, I think I'd rather just take the reception points. I know I'm going to get a few dump offs. Derek Carr loves to check it down. So 
I think I'm just going to get my few points and feel good about it and get out of there. But I can definitely see the case on either side on that one. Yeah, it's really close for me. I just like plug your nose and whatever you pick and just take a shot after you do that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Up next is from Michael, who I'm pretty sure is actually just Ryan again, but calling himself <laughs> Michael. So they say, hi, Samantha, are we better off retiring and sending Julio Jones out to pasture? His productivity has not really been there and his hamstrings continue to be in a constant state of being strained. Don't we all? Oh, and happy birthday. Best Mike slash Ryan. <laughs> slash Ryan. This is a very anti-Ryan and now anti-Patrick podcast. Uh <laughs> no, we love Ryan. Ryan sends us so many emails every single <laughs> week. We just like talking about our friend Ryan. By the way, happy birthday. It's Thursday, the day that listeners are getting this. this is your birthday, right? Yes. Uh, Thursday is my birthday. Thank you very much. Uh, I will be enjoying lots of martinis watching this awesome game that we have just pumped up that will break. Yeah, you're going to need of lots of martinis for that one. <laughs> it's going to break all the ratings. It's going to be the best. Um, really, really fun one to have with the home team playing. Um, as for your Julio dilemma, I am not quite ready to take him out to pasture. This may be like a little bit like I'm just hanging on for him because of like what we've seen in the past. And maybe that's the wrong mentality. The upside just remains there. I'm not ready to fault him hundred percent for his struggles because he has been super banged up. I think we need to give him a little more time to recover from this hamstring injury. Same thing with AJ Brown, who's been like on everyone's crap list um, all over fantasy Twitter this week. So I think we got to give them a little bit more time. I, I know this, this stuff doesn't matter in terms of like fantasy production. It doesn't matter that it's not his fault that the Titans offensive line has looked really bad. It doesn't matter that Tannehill hasn't looked great, but I think that that said, I think they will play a little bit better <laughs> as time goes on. Um, I don't think that Ryan Tannehill is going to throw like one touchdown every game. So I do think that Julio has better days ahead. I'm not like dropping him and I'm certainly not taking him out to pasture quite yet. <laughs> Yeah, I think if we're playing the PhD game, Julio Jones probably becomes a hold for us because, yeah, look, he's so talented. If he can ever get on the field, you know that Julio is a monster, even in the latter stages of his career, which is pretty clear that we are approaching or in. Uh, but he's he's very talented. He's a huge target. H.J. Brown isn't necessarily a guy that's going to stay healthy either, so that could play to your favor. If he goes out, then Julio might be the only guy there. And call me crazy – but I still don't think Derrick Henry can do the Derrick Henry thing every single week forever, ever, ever. So Are you saying he's not going to get 28 rushing touchdowns? I mean, I'm not going to say that because at this <laughs> point, that's just a great way to get like cold take exposed later in the year. <laughs> but like, I just, I don't know. He's, he continues to defy history. But if something were to happen, like it has to every other running back in history, when they get this sort of workload, then suddenly you want Tannehill and you want these receivers because you're, you're playing Houston, you're playing Jacksonville, playing Indianapolis, who looks decent, but their secondary is not good. You know, you want these receivers when we get there. So I think there's some upside to Julio Jones. You got to kind of wait it out for now. It's definitely disappointment, but you got to definitely hang on to him. I wouldn't get rid of him at this point. That is exactly where I'm at. You hold him and just hope that they start passing a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. And say, say your Derek Henry prayers perhaps too. <laughs> oh All right. God. He's a guy that I am so upset that I don't have any exposure to this year. And that was not intentional. I was just, I didn't have like a lot of like, I either had like the number one pick or like the sixth pick. 
of a draft. So I never had any option to really get him. Now, of course, hindsight's 2020 and I should have taken him number one overall <laughs> over CMC. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super bummed, obviously, that I don't have any exposure. So, so here's my mailbag question for you, because this is what I'm wondering. What would you trade Derrick Henry for? Like if you're in a league, you don't have him right now, but if you had him on a team, let's say that you you like the Titans have a very top heavy team. So you are not getting much from your receivers, your quarterback. Henry is scoring you like 30 points a game, but you're still sitting at two and four right now. You know, your team's not going anywhere. What would be a Derrick Henry trade that you would look at? And are you looking to move off of him or are you just, you know, building building on the the shores of Derrick Henry and holding on for dear life, hoping he stays healthy. I mean, you always want to be on like the side. If you're doing like a two for one, you always want to be on the side getting the one. So, but if in this situation, like you said, that I'm kind of shallow and I have like no RB2 or something like that. I mean, I would certainly consider, I don't know why this came to mind, but like Austin Eckler comes to mind. Plus like he's definitely like a guy that is obviously a significant downgrade, but his PPR value like gives you a lot of points, I think there. So I would feel like you could package him with like maybe a high end uh, wide receiver two or low end wide receiver one. And that's what I would take if I was in that situation. Like if you gave me CD lamb and Austin Eckler, and that's I mean, that's, I feel like that would be fair to me. Um, but that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot that you're getting in return. Obviously you're getting two yeah. locked in starters for the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, you should ask for a lot. If you're, if you're the Derrick Henry owner listening to this, you know, you, you have to ask high, like if you are a Derrick Henry owner and you offer a trade and it just gets snap accepted, you have made a mistake. Like, <laughs> you never want to offer the trade and then instantly it's accepted. You're like, oh no, what have I done? Oh my so, God. It's like when you're negotiating for a job and like you ask for a certain amount and they're like, yeah, that seems fine. You're like, God, I should ask for more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you got to ask for the moon. Derrick Henry's value cannot get higher right now. Like he's done everything these last couple of years. He's done it all again this season. He just did it against the Bills, who are supposed to be the number one defense in the league. It can't get any better. It might stay the same, apparently, because it just keeps staying the same week after week right now, no matter how many times I tell people it won't. <laughs> but if you are thinking about trading him, like you just got to look at the top of the roster and be like, okay, you want Derrick Henry? I want your three best players. And then mm-hmm. go down from there because you got to get everything you can for it. But I, I'm just, I'm going to, if Derrick Henry stays this healthy and gets his like 500 carries or whatever he's on pace for this year, I'm going down with the ship. I just, history is not in our favor here. And I, I have to tell you, I would not be trying to just dump off Derrick Henry. He's been awesome. And he's so much better than every other fantasy commodity right now, but I would be exploring my options. I just don't know how this workload stays there. And, but you know, I would have said the same thing a month ago and then last November and last October also. So maybe I'm just crazy and you should keep Derrick Henry. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, having Derrick Henry for the fantasy playoffs during tractor Cito season, pretty attractive for sure. But hopefully he he makes it there with, you know, the workload concerns. (laughs) Yes. All right. We've got one more from at flyby nightmare. They would like to know, They traded Justin Jefferson, Aaron Jones, and 20 of their 100 fab dollars. And they got back Devontae Adams, Leonard Fournette, and Cordero Patterson. And poor flyby is getting clowned on by their league. So they would like to know what is our take on this trade? 
Yeah, I just alluded to this with like the two for one thing. Like, I don't love that you're giving away two players to get three players um, kind of means like you're not really upgrading your team. Like you shouldn't be doing trades like that. But I mean, assuming that you really, really need the depth, I don't it's not the worst trade in the world. Um, I like all the players that you got. I mean, I'm, I've stopped telling people to like sell high on Fournette because <laughs> I did that for like three weeks straight. And of course, like he's just been popping off. So like, you know, for the time being, he is in Bruce Arians, good graces, and he is a high end RB2 rest of season. I would also consider Cordero Patterson in that group as well of like high end RB2. I mean, he's really a wide receiver, but whatever. Um, I don't think you deserve to be like clowned on by the league. So, you know, I think that if you, if you took Patterson and Fournette and just like straight, straight traded him for like Aaron Jones, I think like that makes sense to me, like from a value perspective. So now we're looking at like, is the Delta between like Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams worth like $20? And I don't really know that it is. So I think this is a little bit unfavorable for you, but if you really need the depth, like there's always like context, like, I don't know, you may just really, really need like two running backs right now. So um, I, like I said, I don't think you deserve to be clowned on, but it's not my favorite trade. And look, there's there's nothing better than when somebody does clown on you for a trade or a move and then you get it right because that's what happens. It's fantasy. We don't know what's going to happen. Samantha and I know. That's why we're telling you everything. <laughs> but nobody else knows. So, look, we're, ha- we're playing a game and you got to take some chances. So, whatever they think, it doesn't matter. Have a little fun. Make the deal that, that you made here. For me personally, this is not a trade that I would make, but I'm a bad person to ask on this one. Justin Jefferson and Aaron Jones were two of my absolute favorite players coming to the season. So uh, I bet on Justin Jefferson to lead the league in receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. And he's been huge and been very good for the Vikings. I bet on Aaron Jones to lead the league in rushing touchdowns. He is not doing that because apparently he catches like 700 passing touchdowns instead now, which I'm definitely not mad about, but I like Jones a lot. I like him a lot more than Fournette and Patterson, both of whom are guys I probably would be the one trying to trade here. Mm -hmm. So Jefferson and Adams, I'm not sure there's a huge difference between them necessarily. I have the beholder sort of thing. To me, losing Jones is the real hurt here. But here's the one thing I will say for a flyby. Next time in this deal, you have to at least keep the fab dollars. Like this, to me, this is a classic... uh, I I get clowned all the time on our NBA podcast, Buckets. Please come listen to Buckets. We are on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for NBA Action Network. The guys always clown me for being a fake Chicago Bulls fan. But this $20 fab thing reeks of Chicago Bulls. Every year, the Bulls make a big trade. They try to sell it to the fans. And, okay, here's the big move. And I always is like, ah, that guy, that's the guy that we're, we're building around now. And I always have that feeling. And then the details come out, like, you know, the trade announces. And then after that, like 20 minutes later, like, oh, and also here's the pick thousand or whatever. Every time, every single time the Chicago Bulls always just throw in a draft pick. Already a trade that I already didn't like. They're like, hey, also have a second rounder. We don't value them anyways. Everybody knows we don't use our picks. You have one. We don't need the pick. You take it. That is the $20 part of this deal to me. You gave up Aaron Jones and Justin Jefferson. You can't add $20 to it's, it didn't, it, it's okay. We're not clowning you. Just 
next time, don't give up the dollars. You should be getting the dollars. You gave up the two good players. So don't give up the extra dollars. Don't give up the sweetener. If somebody asks you for the little sweetener, I'm a sweetener asker person. (laughs) If they ask you that, it means they already want to do the deal. They just are trying to get more because they might. So if they ask you for it, hold your ground and get your trade. Keep your fab dollars. Lesson learned for next time. But hey, Cradle Patterson has been ridiculous this season. Maybe you end up winning the trade after all. Yeah, I do think you're, you are also just buying high on Patterson and, and Fournette. So yeah, maybe to your point, the pair of them are just not even close to Aaron Jones. I was kind of being generous, I think, in saying that they were worth one Aaron Jones. Yeah, the fab is really, I think, what's throwing me off here is that like I think it could be a, cert, a passable trade if uh, there was no fab involved because... Yeah. That's very important. You can get guys like Khalil Herbert and I don't know, guys that could definitely be uh, strong RB2s, possible RB1s every week. Um, on yeah, the but by rule of thumb, never be the person that I compare to the Chicago Bulls on the podcast. <laughs> That's not a good look for you. So try to keep the fab dollars next time. Fair enough. Well, that's going to do it for this mailbag episode. Thank you so much for joining us, Brandon. Brandon, tell us again where we can find everything that you do for action that keeps you working 100 hours a week. Yeah, that's about right. So at Wheaton Brando on Twitter, you can find all the articles and props and everything on there. I'm picking every NFL game every week. So watch on Wednesdays for that article and Saturday for the update heading into the games. NBA, I will be covering NBA props. We made an absolute killing on props last year. So make sure you are back and following that. Follow on the app for sure. Make sure that you are following the picks on there. This is the best app that there is out there. Like even, I know that sounds like a shill, but like you have <laughs> to have the app. As just a sports person that enjoys watching games, like you can be in the arena and you get an update on the game faster on, on the app than things that are actually happening. So it's wild. You got to get the app, follow on there, follow the articles. There's NFL. There's a lot of NBA stuff. We've got you covered everywhere. Buckets podcast, NBA podcast. That's our new one. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I'm on Wednesday and Friday for those two. So lots to follow at the Action Network. Fantasy Flex, the NFL podcast. What's that one called? That's just on the Action Network podcast. I'm on that one with Raheem Palmer on Mondays and Fridays. Just just go to actionnetwork.com and I'm probably there. So there we go. Go tell Brandon on all his NBA props that he is giving out winners there. Um, as a reminder, Sean Kerner and Chris Raybon are here on the Fantasy Flex every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, giving you guys all the DFS waiver wire and rankings info to help you dominate your fantasy leagues. I will be back next Tuesday with another round of 21 questions with my one of my favorite guests. I mean, I love all the guests, but Scott Fish is going to be joining me. So I'm super, super pipe, super, super pumped, um, psyched and pumped at the same time, piped. Uh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super pumped to have him on. It was just his birthday and he is just a pillar in this community in terms of philanthropy and outreach and diversity. So I'm super psyched about that. And then I'll be back next Thursday with Brandon with another mailbag episode. Don't forget, please send us any mailbag episodes to mailbag at actionnetwork.com. Thanks again for listening. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Download us wherever you like to listen and we will see you next time on the Fantasy Flex presented by Prize Picks. Peace out, y'all.